Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life, that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. And I want to start in 1 John chapter 3. Um, again, I, I had a lot of this message um, written just kind of like Hannah. And then last night as I was preparing, um, I just felt like the Lord was saying, no, you need to start here. There's some things that people need to get along the way. And so um, I'm going to read through this and just allow, this is the word of God. This, this, is, this is God's word right here. And so allow it just to wash over you and grab some, grab some nuggets along the way. Okay. Anybody in for a whole meal? Let's do it. Okay, 1 John, um, I'm actually going to start in chapter 2, verse 28. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Someone should give a shout right there because that's good news that we would be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the, why the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him, beloved we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take sins away and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous and he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, 
and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. That's a little transition phrase, but I want us to just sit there with that chapter for a moment, for, that, for those scriptures for a moment. And I want to cause us to um, ask, ask ourselves these questions. Th- this question, do I abide in him? Do I abide in God? The, the presence of sin is the presence of distance from God. We know this from the garden, right? The presence of sin. And also, if you look back um, in previous chapters of 1 John, it does say, if you say that you do not sin, that you're lying, right? And so we recognize that we have this broken flesh that we still have, but we are this new creation in in Jesus. And so uh, part of my goal today is to um, help us move into this place of dedicating 2021 unto the Lord, having this year fully set apart unto the Lord. And um, we're going to be moving into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we have these little handouts that'll kind of walk through what that is, what all that entails. But as we do prepare for that, I want us to uh, just be asking that question. Where am I in my life in terms of abiding with God? What, is that, what does that look like in my life? And um, how, how maybe do I need to be growing in the way that I abide with him? Now, recognize this, that when I say this, um, there's this tendency in us to receive it in terms of, of shameful. And I, I probably say this every time I say something of this nature, that when God speaks to us, it's not from a tone of shameful, like shame on you for, for having these things wrong in your life. It's a, hey, come on, I, I want to be closer with you. I want this distance between us to be, to be less. And so come on, come on. And that's, that's God's call. It's, hey, come on. Picture him this morning just grabbing you by the jawbone and, and just saying, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Let's, let's go. Let's go into 2021 and let's be more dedicated to the Lord. Let's abide in him all the more. Let's be in his word all the more. Let's be praying all the more. Let's be worshiping all the more. Let's be listening to his voice all the more. Let's be used by him all the more. Let's go. Let's go. I want to keep reading here. Where am I in terms of abiding with the Lord? Verse 11 of 1 John chapter 3 says, For uh, this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain. You think back to uh, Cain and Abel in the uh, Old Testament. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. 
We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. These are striking words, guys. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this, we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Is this what our lives look like? Loving, sacrificing for the people around us to the point where it looks like we are laying down our life for our brothers in Christ, for the people around us. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what he pleases. Be sure and uh, do look at the context around here and don't just grab that, that little piece in the middle there that says we get whatever we want from him. Because when we, when we align our lives with Jesus and his will and his direction, then when we are asking for things, we're asking from the heart of God. Verse 23, and this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So we're abiding. And that we love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Someone needs to write this down. The way that I love God is reflected in the way that I love others. The way that I love God is reflected in the way that I love others. So how am I loving others? These two key things that we need to focus on this morning, that we need to have in front of us. Am I abiding with God? And is that being reflected in the way that I love others? I want to go on a few more verses here. Beloved, this is good. This might be relevant. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This makes life a lot more simple for me because there's so much focus right now on who's, who are the prophets? Who are the antichrist? What is the mark? All of this stuff. Let's just keep it simple and let's keep it about the fruit of the kingdom of God. Am I abiding? 
And am I loving well? Am I abiding in my relationship with God? And is that overflowing into the way that I love other people? By this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Let us sit. You have overcome them. And he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And this is where I want to jump from this morning. So if the reason, and I wrote this down, so I'm going to follow it to a T here for a moment. If the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, and I abide in him and him in me, if I am from God and have overcome them, then why is what I see and experience different than the work of Satan being destroyed? Why is my reality right now feel and look different than what the Bible promises? I think it's a question that we ought to ask. Why, why don't we see more people healed? Why don't we see more people set free? Why in this region is there 70, 80, 90% of non-Bible alone believing people? And so honestly, here, here's, here's the, the probe. We need to ask this question. What, what's the answer? What answer do we have for this? as we grapple with it. One is that the Bible is completely false and it's wrong. There's one answer. Obviously, we don't believe that here. We believe that the Bible is the most historically accurate document that humanity has ever known. So for us, that, we, that can't be the answer. Um, maybe the reason why revival is tarrying is because maybe what God's doing is above what I can understand. That's, that's a real possibility, right? That his thoughts are above my thoughts, that his ways are above my ways. And the way that I think things should be here in my little bubble um, maybe just isn't there yet and things are coming together and he's, we trust. And if that is the case, then I'm gonna be found here singing, it is well with my soul. I trust you, Lord, whatever you're doing, good. But I'm still gonna be found like, like Abraham was contending for Sodom, right? I, I, I'm still gonna be that, that Moses contending. I'm, I'm gonna continue to cry, God, this doesn't seem right. I, I trust you in it, but this doesn't seem right. There, there's, there's sickness, there's disease, there's death, there's brokenness. There's people who don't know you. My heart is breaking. This doesn't feel, this doesn't feel right. So what's the answer of, of why, it's, why it's not that? Uh, this could be a part of the answer that God's, God's doing something different. His timing is a little different than my preferences. I, I generally have timing issues. I'm generally the person that's like, all right, you said it, let's do it. Come on, right, right now, right here. And, and I recognize that there's a process, that God's timing is, is always better than, than our timing. 
But here's another, another reason maybe. Um, what, if, what if the standards of the Bible, what if God's standards are not actually the standards that we have? What if we're living according to different standards? Can I, can I read this? Well, I want to go to another place in scripture here, Matthew chapter six. And you do have this one. Um, it's a couple slides ahead. And then we'll go back to the other ones. Matthew chapter six. Jesus speaking here to the Pharisees. He says, uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse five. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask them. So then pray like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead not lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Verse 16. And when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret. I don't know. There's a number of things that jump out to me, but the big thing that jumps out to me is the word when. For me, that sets a standard. It's not if. It sets a standard of the way that we are to live. It's not if, but when. So when you give generously, that's the standard of walking with Jesus. When you pray, that's a standard of Christianity. When you fast, that's a standard. So are our standards at the standards of the Bible? It's not, it's not if, but when. Now, here's a question. Uh, are we supposed to fast today? I mean, that, that should be a, a real question that we should ask. And I want to uh, jump a few chapters after that to Mar- uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. 
says, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast, right? Looking at the way that they were living in this whole discipleship process. And this is really key. And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Just take a pause, ask yourself the question, is, has that happened? And then they will, then they will fast. And then he goes on to talk about the, the new wineskin, but here's, here's the question. Jesus said that there is a time coming when the people of God will fast, and that's after the bridegroom has been taken. And he has. The bridegroom, Jesus, has uh, been crucified, laid in the grave for three days. He's been risen again. He went to the right hand to, of the Father, where he currently resides. And he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with us. So the answer is yes. Yes. Should we fast? Yes. This should be a standard of Christianity. This should be a normal practice in our lives. So as we would fast, uh, essentially fasting is giving something up in order to give attention to God. And uh, biblically, as, as you would look through this pamphlet, um, you can do so a little bit later, but we'll see a number of different ways of why do we fast and what types of fasts are there. There's full fasts, uh, there's partial fasts, there's Daniel fasts, there's media fasts. And as a church, we're going to come together and we're going to do this together. But as we fast, I want to encourage us with this. Number one, be intentional. Be intentional about your, your fast. What are, we, what are we fasting for? Here's what I'm fasting for. I'm fasting and praying for greater intimacy with God. I, I want to be closer. I want to be more aware of him. I want, I want that, that closeness with God. I, I want, just like that picture, I, I literally like that picture of, of Moses is just imprinted in my mind of that, that, shining, that shining light that people would know that I've been in the presence of God. Like, I believe that's possible for us today. And I think that can be a very real reality. What if, what if Rise Church, what if that's actually what we were known for? that we were environment changers because of the presence of God. Like, whoa. Oh yeah, you go to Rice Church. Yeah, y'all are about the presence of God. Yeah, that's right. We are. Be intentional. Be intentional with your focus. Also, um, just a reminder for all of us to be intentional with our words. And I, I would... I would uh, go deep into this, like be intentional with the way that we pray. It says in verse seven, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words, right? So there's a couple different ways we can look at this, like religious recitings. Like if you're someone who simply just recites the Lord's prayer, I don't have any problem with that. Like, at all. You can, you can recite it, you, right? I, I like to make it as practical as possible. So when you've seen me pray the Lord's Prayer, I've generally like stopped. Like, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what does that actually mean to me? Because I've been to different like 
C-A-N-A-A-A meetings and, and actually said some of these and just read through it and we all read through it and that's it. But that's just religious reciting. We've got to bring some meaning. What does this actually mean to me? So there's that type of religious reciting. And then there's just the, the empty phrases, the heaping up of empty phrases. And this is characteristic of the church. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus, 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 Jesus. If I'm talking with Nick here, I'm like, hey, Nick, hey, Nick, 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 would you give me this? Nick, 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 would you tie my shoe? Nick, 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 I need you to provide Nick, 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 Nick. And yet this becomes the way that we pray. And I hope that little bit of humor like would just sit in a little bit when we're praying. Like we're not, when we get into this mode, it's just like we're throwing up empty phrases and that's not what this is supposed to be about. This is intentional relational conversation. Let's be real. I remember um, growing up and, and uh, I got to, we would always pray for the meal. We would say, Father, thank you for the food, for blessing it, for nourishment to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for the food, blessing it, for nourishment to our bodies. In Jesus' name. And I began wondering, like, what is, what is nourishment to my body? <laughs> right? Because we would just say it so fast. Thank you for the food, for blessing it, for nourishment to my body. Like, what, what is nourishment to my body? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know either. It just became empty, Right? Let's be intentional when we're talking to God. Let's be intentional about our requests. When we pray, essentially what we need to be doing is we need to be saying, all right, God, what do you want to do? And we need to ask for that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not your will, not just gimme, 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 gimme. Father God, Jesus, Father, gimme, 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 right? It, it's gotta be, God, what do you wanna do? And we get to listen. What do you wanna do with 2021? What do you wanna do in my family? I mean, why don't you just start like making a list? God, what do you want to do in my family? God, what do you want to do in my church? God, what do you want to do on my street? What do you want to do in my school? What do you want to do in my workplace? And that I, we could even get like specific. What do you want to do in my dad's life? What do you want to do in my brother's life? Right? And just get people. Let's, let's just get specific. And then let's pray and ask God in faith, believing that he is the God who gives all good gifts. He is the God who actually, like rivers can't get in the way of, right? Walls can't get in the way. So if we seek God and ask for his will in something, here's something that we do. We tell ourselves, oh, that's too big. That's too big. I can't ask God to do that. If he showed you, let's have faith to believe that he is able. And he's shown me some promises that look a lot bigger than what I can even, isn't there a verse that says something about that? Like he's able to do abundantly more. I don't, any Bible? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the real Bible, right? Like that's, that's actually the word of God. That's what he said. That's what he said. Let's, let's ask him. Let's throw out some mindless word. Let's be words. Let's be, let's be intentional in our seeking of him. Some things that I, I want to stir us towards, um, and we'll come to a close, Ned, if you would um, come. Uh, 
And I'm not sure if, if you were doing the sending or Hannah's doing the sending. Whoever wants to do the sending out um, after I'm, I'm done. Uh, but encourage us in just a few, a few things as we would step into this fast. Here's how we're going to do it. Take, take the bulletin, number one. Read through the bulletin. And then hold this before the Lord. I, I've intentionally done this um, so that we have a few days to seek the Lord on how he would want us to walk this out in our lives. Um, and we're going to seek God for, for direction in this dedicate. What does he want us to do? Here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to write it down somewhere and say, here's what God has asked me to do. And then I would challenge you to be accountable to somebody for it. Be accountable to somebody like, okay, this is what God's wanting me to do. And here's what I plan to do. Okay, I'm going to fast two meals a day. Uh, that's, that's my plan. I'm going to fast two meals a day um, for the, the entirety of this fast. Be accountable with it. And as we fast, we want to fast for intimacy, closeness with God. We can fast for, for increase. We want to see, oh goodness, I'm asking God for a hundred salvations this year. I, I personally want to see a hundred people give their life to Jesus. I just, I just do. That's what I'm about. I want to see people get healed. I want to see people delivered. I, all of that. But the, the, the thing sticking out for me is a hundred people giving their lives to Jesus. Some of us are going to be praying for direction. Uh, we need to know where God wants us to go or how God wants us to get there. And we'll be seeking God for world transformation. That one by one, hearts would be softened and eyes would be open. That one by one, people would hear the words declared by men like Paul and Barnabas and Timothy and many others, that one by one that people would repent and turn to Jesus, that one by one people would be sanctified, growing into the mind of Christ, stepping into this awareness. One by one families would be impacted, that marriages would be strengthened, that families that are broken apart would be coming back together, that addiction would be thrown off, that physical bodies would be healed, that uh, blocks would just be transformed. I, I think that what would be really cool, wouldn't it be really cool if you could look at the end of 2021 and actually have like a map of like blocks of a radius of churches and homes that are just being transformed. Like what if it were just like mini atomic bombs that are just going off in neighborhoods and everywhere we go and we can just begin to measure that out like, oh, I've got, I've got some big expectations and I know God can do above and beyond that. You know, as the way that the gospel went forth in the early uh, in the early chapters of Acts was that a church was praying and fasting, and that's the reason why Paul and Barnabas were sent out, and that's the reason why the gospel went forth. What if we were to pray and fast to see a region transformed? Father, I want it. Oh, Lord, I want it with all my heart. God, I want to see this area transformed with your love and with your power. 
God, and, and I know that each person here, that each person participating, God, that each one has a gift, has gifts, that each one has strength, that each one has something to bring, that each one has a different making that you are going to be using. Someone say, God wants to use me. Lord, let that, let that truth sink in deep to hearts. Let that be a transformative word. Lord, and during this time of dedicating 2021 unto you, God, stir up gifts, stir up passion, stir up excitement, stir up vision, stir up courage, stir up boldness, stir up your people, God. And Holy Spirit, would you lead the way? It's not by our might or our strength, but by you, Holy Spirit. So do it, God. We just wanna be used by you as instruments of righteousness whatever part that we get to play, I just, I just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give yet, you can do so at risechurchid.org or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.